0: What's up? How are you doing today? This is Jonathan Smith, host of the Shooting the Schmidt podcast. And boy, do I have a take for you today. The importance of knowing when to go for it versus when not to go for it is one of the most important things for an organization to decide. If you do not decide, then you end up in a cycle of mediocrity, very similar to the Utah Jazz. We're about to get into it, but first... Bruce Buffer. It's time! The importance of knowing when to go for it versus when not to go for it. Like I said in the open, it is arguably the most important decision a franchise makes, right? So, like, let's just look here at recent history. The Rams knew to go for it this year, and they knew it early, too, right? They knew it going into the offseason last year. They knew that they were a quarterback away from being a legit Super Bowl contender, right? So what'd they do? They went out. They heard Matthew Stafford was available. They went all in. They traded away picks, they gave away everything that they could. Jared Goff, they did whatever they could to go and get Matthew Stafford. Now, obviously, you know, it helped knowing that Matthew Stafford wanted to go and play for them, so the Lions were a little more accepting of the Rams' offer. But look, they, they, they made a conscious decision to go all-in on this season. And a couple of things play into that, right? Like, you have to know what your roster looks like. I guarantee you, that if Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey weren't in the primes of their career, they probably wouldn't have been as willing to go all in because they know that they only have a prime Aaron Donald and a prime Jalen Ramsey for so long, right? Like, they know that those guys aren't going to be, you know, the best corner and the best defensive lineman in football for forever. So what'd they do? They went all in. They went for it, right? Every single year in Major League Baseball, there seems to be a team who trades away the farm, who trades away the minor leaguers, to go and get some kind of elite back-end bullpen guy, right? A closer. The team that comes to mind, the 2016 Chicago Cubs. What'd they do? They went all in. They traded away the farm system to go get Aroldis Chapman, right? And Aroldis Chapman paid off in a huge way for the Cubs in that World Series run. Now, obviously, everybody remembers, you know, the Game 7, game-tying Grand Slam that he gave up. But he was big in the National League Division Series. He was big in in the National League Champions, Championship Series as well. And it was totally worth it. You know why? Because it paid off, and the Cubs won the World Series. But if they don't make the conscious decision to go all in, if they don't step away and look at their roster and be like, you know what, this could be the year, then they never go all in, and they never make the conscious decision to go and get a Chapman. Now, looking at the NBA where the opportunity to go for it all is always one upset superstar away, I love how the Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets are going for it. What I don't love is the Lakers sitting on their hands and not going for it when they only have a couple of years left of a good LeBron James. What I hate even more than the Lakers doing that is what the Sacramento Kings are doing. I can't stand what they're doing because, you know, at least the Lakers still have a chance to win the whole thing because they have... LeBron James and Anthony Davis and guys like that. Meanwhile, the Kings are going all in to make the playoffs. Okay, they're trading away young talent in Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, you know, one of the best 21-year-old point guards in the league. He's been awesome here in Indiana. They're trading away a guy in Buddy Heald who probably would have been even more useful in a Lakers trade or somewhere else down the road all for a chance to like maybe get the eight seed and maybe play in a play-in play game and then maybe even lose the play-in game and then not even make the playoffs. Okay, like you want to talk about not worth it. That is not worth it. Meanwhile, there are teams like the Pacers who are, okay, who are okay with being bad for a while. They're okay with saying, you know what? It's not time for us to go all in. We need to restock. We need to regroup. We need to go and get young talent. We need to go and get good role players that way when that disgruntled superstar happens because it's going to happen again James Harden or Kevin Durant or Kyrie or some elite level superstar will get upset at some point down the road and they're going to be looking for for somewhere to go to and win a ring right this has become the new way to do it in the NBA gather everything and then just wait on the superstar to get upset right so there's teams like the Pacers who are Okay with being bad for a while. They're building for the future. They're okay with that. Maybe they get lucky in the draft and they, you know, land a top five pick and they get, you know, Apollo Bancaro or like a legit, like, potential superstar to build around, right? The Thunder, they're doing the exact same thing. They're being patient and they're waiting on the future. But now, at the same time, there comes a time, right, after you draft all the players that you want, after you get the role players that you need, there comes a time where you have to be willing to try and take the leap. Now, that might be, you know, a coaching change, you know, for the Warriors. It was firing Mark Jackson and hiring Steve Kerr. For the Lakers, it was making the move to hire Phil Jackson, right? If they don't hire Phil Jackson, they probably don't win all those championships with Kobe Bryant. Same thing with the Bulls. If the Bulls don't hire Phil Jackson, they probably don't win all those championships with Michael Jordan, right? So you have to be able to take that leap. Maybe it is adding a player, right? Like, let's just think back to the Toronto Raptors. They traded for Kawhi Leonard a couple years ago. The Lakers went out and signed LeBron James and then traded away all their young players to get Anthony Davis. Sometimes it's getting a player. Sometimes it's going and it's getting a coach. But either way, you have to make the conscious decision of we are ready to push all the chips in. We are ready to fully commit to trying to win an NBA championship or a Super Bowl or a World Series or a Stanley Cup or whatever sport you want to apply this to because this applies... To all sports, don't get it twisted. Now, going back to the NBA, there's a team that I've just been sitting around waiting, waiting for them to push all the chips to the middle. And they just, they won't do it. And I am so perplexed as to why. And that team is the Utah Jazz, as I mentioned in the open. They've been stuck in this cycle of mediocrity. And they're constantly in this tier below the championship contenders, right? Like, was it, I believe it was last year? You know, LeBron James laughing at the Utah Jazz on national TV? Because let's just be honest, they weren't on the same level as the Lakers were. They aren't, and it's the same thing this year. They're not on the same level as the Lakers. They're definitely not on the same level as the Phoenix Suns and the Warriors and the Nets and the 76ers. And it's a shame because they could be, right? Like, let's look at this Utah Jazz roster. You have one fantastic player and Donovan Mitchell, who can score whenever he wants, who can set up his teammates, who's a legit competitor, who can knock down big shots, who isn't afraid of the moment. And then there's just this major drop-off to their second-best player, who's probably Rudy Gobert, who's a very good player, very solid player, can definitely be the center on an NBA championship team. But the drop-off is too big. There's no second star, right? And then from Rudy Gobert to their third-best player, who's... Bogdanovich, you know, actually, I'd probably take Bogdanovich before I took Gobert just because he's better offensively, but that's that's not the point, right? The The drop-off from there on is almost non-existent, right? To go from Gobert to Bogdanovich to Mike Conley to Joe Ingles to Jordan Clarkson and so on and so forth, you know, you're you're taking baby steps down, not giant leaps like you are from Donovan Mitchell to whoever you want to say is the second-best player for the Utah Jazz. And so I'm just i waiting on them to take this leap. So why not give up Mike Conley? And obviously, you know, Joe Ingles doesn't play for them anymore, but he's probably going to resign in the offseason. That's why I'm throwing him in here. But why not trade Mike Conley, all your draft picks, and Joe Ingles or some other solid role player to Portland this next year and go all in and go try and get Damian Lillard. Imagine Damian Lillard and Mitchell playing together. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, give... Donovan Mitchell, you know, the second star that he deserves. Go all in. Push all your chips to the middle. The GM and the owner or whoever is holding this up needs to make the conscious decision to go for it because, I mean, recent history is showing you. Like, look at the Rams. Now, I know, obviously, you know, the NBA and the NFL, two very two different sports, but I still believe that the same thing applies, okay? When you're as good as the Jazz and you're not drafting in the lottery and you're hosting a playoff series in the first round, that first round pick in the 20s, Who cares? Like, how often are you getting a franchise-changing player with a pick that low in the first round? You're not. Okay, it doesn't happen very often. Like, sure, you know, there's your Nikola Jokic's who fall and Siakam fell and Jalen Brunson, who's a good player. Like, but very rarely are you finding legit superstars to pair alongside your current superstar. That just, that doesn't happen very often. So I just, I want to see the Jazz go all in because they are so close. You know, like they have so many good players that if they just trade them away for that one great one, they would still have plenty of good players left over to make a run. And right now they just they won't push all their chips to the middle. And I just that's all I want to see. I want to see them go for it. Right. Because, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, if you're a Jazz fan, that's what you want to see. Right. You want to see them go out and try and get that second star because that's all that they're missing. That's all that they need. And then they'll be legit NBA championship contenders. Right? I mean, like, let's look at, you know, we look at every single team in the NBA right now that's, you know, competing for a championship. They have multiple stars, multiple guys who can get you a bucket, you know, except for maybe Golden State. But they have, you know, the best shooting backcourt ever. You don't need a second shot creator, especially when you have a guy like Draymond Green. They're the exception, not the rule. But the Lakers, A.D., LeBron James, the Suns, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. The, the Nets, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant. The 76ers, Joel Embiid and James Harden. So on and so forth. You need two stars. If you're the Jazz, push all your chips to the middle. Go get a guy like Damian Lillard this upcoming offseason and go for it. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. You have to make the conscious decision to, to commit and try and win a championship. It's not just going to fall on your lap. You can't sit there on your hands and expect to win a championship. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmitz. I'll be back tomorrow with another take for you. Make sure if you're new that you subscribe, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.